We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Raptors Nation? It is Luca here back with another podcast. Hope you're all doing well. The Toronto Raptors trade deadline is officially in the rearview mirror. The Raptors have made some more moves. So in today's pod, I'm going to be talking about the Raptors' latest moves, how they are looking, and what's to come for this team. Before we dive right into it, do me so everybody hit a like on the video. It helps it a ton. And also, please subscribe to the channel. For more videos and pods just like this, you can find the Raptors Nation podcast wherever you get your podcast on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify. And of course, we just hit 1,000 subs over here on YouTube. So thank you guys so much for that. You can also follow our work on RaptorsNation.com for daily articles. Well, another trade deadline is in the books, and it was very interesting to see what the Raptors did. Obviously, all eyes were on them. Raptors, were they going to head towards a full-on fire sale? They had many players on the roster that were coveted by other teams, You know, many veterans that did not make sense when it came to the Raptors' long-term plan. So it was expected that the Raptors were going to get busy and make some deals on this day. They did make trades, and we are going to get right into it. We're not going to waste any time talking about what the Raptors did. So before I give you my thoughts on what the Raptors did, let's just review what happened first. So the Raptors got things started early Thursday. They acquired Kelly Olenek and Abaji from the Utah Jazz in exchange for Kira Lewis Jr., the piece they got in the Siakam deal, Otto Porter Jr., Hadn't played a whole ton for them. And a 2024 first-round pick. And then the first-round pick was then revealed as the worst of the OKC Clippers Rockets Jazz pick, which will be a late first-rounder. It is currently 29. So that was the first move the Raptors got done. Then the Raptors announced that they acquired Spencer Dinwiddie from the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young. And then in a corresponding move, the Raptors waived Dinwiddie. So as a result of those trades, the Raptors now have two open spots and they will need to fill one of them. 
to meet the minimum roster requirement. The Raptors can sign somebody to a regular NBA deal, a 10-day contract, or convert one of their two-way players in Jonte Porter, Marquise Noel, or Javon Freeman Liberty. Those are all the Raptors' moves that happened. And then the Raptors' move that didn't happen, no Bruce Brown Jr. trade, which was surprising to me just based on all the reports that were coming out. Knicks had been linked to him. Uh, the Lakers, the Mavs, the Bucks. There were plenty of suitors, it seemed, for Bruce Brown Jr. But ultimately, the Raptors did not pull the trigger on a Bruce Brown Jr. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trade as... Toronto's GM, Bobby Webster, said that Brown would have been moved if they got the right offer, but they did not. So it is surprising to me that Brown didn't get traded and that a team didn't step up to the plate and give the Raptors what they wanted because you look at Bruce Brown Jr., veteran player, great skill set. He could help a team for the second part of the season make a playoff run, make a finals run. So I really thought a team that was in that category was going to get aggressive and give the Raptors what they wanted. And remember the Raptors reported Lee wanted a, a first round pick future first round pick and a quality player. So it seemed like the Raptors did not get that in any deal that was being discussed. So the Raptors for now hold on to Brown, but all is not lost with Bruce Brown because he does have a $23 million team option on his 2024, 2025 contract. So it gives the Raptors options this offseason. This is what Woj said on X. So whether that be on draft night into the offseason, the Raptors could still hopefully get what they want. They're asking price for Brown, which is at least a future first-round pick. And hopefully that is on the table come this offseason. So they didn't want to rush it, and they want to be patient with this and play the long-term game. We all should have known better when it comes to this Raptors front office that they like to take their time when it comes to these trades. So let's review the deals that the Raptors actually made because I know there's some mixed reactions and people are kind of confused. So let's try to make sense of it all, of what the Raptors did before the trade deadline. Obviously, the Raptors made their big moves about a month ago and Luckily, they didn't leave those trades until the last minute because, as you can see, there's a lot of pressure to get a trade done before the buzzer sounds. And if you don't like what you want, 
we know the Raptors aren't just going to force something. So at least they got that heavy lifting out of the way. So this deadline was going to be about, you know, can the Raptors clean up the edges and make some smart decisions that can complement what they just did with their bigger trades of OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. So the first move had a little bit of a shock effect at first, I feel, you know, just reading some of the initial comments online because the Raptors are clearly rebuilding. So with a rebuilding team, future assets like draft picks are very valuable. So when it was announced that the Raptors were sending away one of their 2024 first-round picks, a lot of people lost their minds. But you look at the pick, it is a lay first. And right now it is projected to be number 29. And Masai even said that they weren't going to keep all of their picks. And then Bobby Webster basically confirmed that in some quotes that I'm going to read via Josh Lewenberg in just a moment here. So the Raptors give up one of their 2024 picks, which is a late first. And in return, they get a guy in Abaji, who I am actually a big fan of. Abaji has shown a lot of upside. He is young, 23 years old, fits in nicely with the current core of the Raptors, former 14th overall pick. And everybody's talking about how this is a weak draft class. Well, they basically gave up a, a number 29 pick, which is, again, what it would be today for Abaji even if you take away Olenek from this thing. So I feel confident that Abaji is going to end up being better than whomever the Raptors were going to take with that pick. So that's the first thing, that the Raptors, they do get an intriguing young player, still has a lot of room to grow, timeline-wise fits perfectly, and he's only a season and a half in to his career. So there's still plenty of room for him to develop. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And he is in a perfect situation where he's going to have an opportunity to do that. And then the Raptors get Canadian Kelly Olenek. And I know people are now saying, are the Raptors trying to recruit Team Canada here with all these Canadians? Hopefully Shea's next, if that's the plan. But you look at Olenek, he is an unrestricted free agent for 2024. So if the Raptors don't want to be tied to him long term, obviously they can just get off him this summer. So... There's not going to be a whole lot invested in Olenek. But if the Raptors do have plans to involve Olenek, I know he's 31 years old. I know he doesn't fit the timeline, but 32 years old, actually. But Olenek is one of those cases of a player coming in who is going to be a role player, an immediate impactful role player for this Raptors team. And also, I think he can offer a lot of value 
with his leadership and just his locker room presence. I mean, we saw it with Team Canada, right? Olenek had such a presence on that team that was felt. And as a result, you know, that squad obviously succeeded. So by bringing in Olenek, the Raptors aren't asking him to be the star player on this team. No, he's going to be a serviceable rotation guy. And I think he's going to be a very valuable voice and just presence in that locker room, which I think the Raptors need right now. Because you look at the guys they have, you know, a lot of young guys mixed in with some pieces that you don't know what they're going to do with. I think they need a, a steady, reliable voice and, and a guy who can really take some of these younger players under his wing for now, and that is Olenek. So essentially how I look at this deal, guys, is the Raptors gave up a lay first for Abaji. You bank on Abaji becoming a better player than that player they would have selected with the lay first in this situation. And then they also get Kelly Olenek, which again, I think is going to offer a lot of valuable traits now to this Raptors team. And then you can make the decision of what you want to do with him this summer. And then you look at what the Raptors gave up. Again, the pick which you bank on Abaji being better than. And then two guys who they weren't even playing anyway. So I feel good about this trade. I actually like it because, you know, Kira Lewis Jr., I know he would have been slated as the Raptors back a point guard, especially after the shooter trade went down. I don't think there was an opportunity for him here. So they weren't playing him. Otto Porter Jr. was never able to stay healthy, weren't playing him. And then they weren't going to keep all of their picks anyway for this upcoming draft, which was sad. So. You parlay that into this deal. I actually really like it. So it does make sense to me. Abaji, I think, is going to be the real gem of this trade. You hope he pans out, continues to pan out. And then Olenek, for the time being, I think is going to be a solid presence amongst this team. So that was the first trade done, which I was a fan of. I, I really liked the trade. And I said it on X. You know, as it happened, I, I really liked what the Raptors did with it. And it's funny because you thought if the Raptors were going to do a trade with the Jazz, it would have been Bruce Brown Jr., but it ended up being this trade. So then you look at what the Raptors did after this, and another smart trade, in my opinion, and a good one. And, and it makes a lot of sense in terms of salary dump. So the Raptors, they sent off Schroeder and Thad Young for Spencer Dinwiddie, and then they waived Dinwiddie. So two things here. According to Michael Grange, he was speaking on that Schroeder wasn't necessarily happy with his backup point guard role. And you look at Schroeder, he still had one year left on his contract. Obviously, Schroeder was brought in because the Raptors thought they were going to be competitive. This season fell apart. Raptors chose a new direction as they should. It's a rebuild. Schroeder doesn't make sense in a rebuild. So they get rid of Schroeder, who had one year left on his contract for $13 million next season. They get rid of a, another older player on this team. And Thad Young, thank you for your service. Because Thad Young, I mean, he filled in nicely when the Raptors basically had no front court and their depth was hanging on a limb. And they get Dinwiddie, who is an unrestricted free agent this summer. So his money comes off the books. The Raptors are going to have financial flexibility for this summer. And then... You know, they ended up waiving Dinwiddie. That's okay, because why are you going to keep Dinwiddie for the time being if he's not going to be a part of your team's future plans? He wasn't going to be back. So by the Raptors giving up Dinwiddie now, at least it won't take up opportunities from younger guys on your team. 
you know, Grady Dick, Bobby Webster said, now we can see Scotty Barnes play more of the point guard role with the Raptors now being thin there behind Emmanuel quickly. So this is strictly a salary dump. And right now at the moment, this is according to Daniel Hackett on X, he says he's got the Raptors projected with just under $40 million in cap room this summer after they dumped Schroeder and bring in Abaji. That's assuming they let their free agents walk and they cut Brown before he guarantees. So that would be enough for a restricted free agency max offer and close to a UFA max offer, which is very interesting. But obviously there's other extensions that come into play here, Olenek, Gary Trent Jr., etc. So a lot can factor in. But regardless, the Raptors are going to have cap flexibility because of that move and you know obviously you look at Schroeder he did not make sense anymore with this team if anything it's good the Raptors moved on from him because now he's not going to play late in games he's not going to eat a minutes take away from guys like Dick and if the Raptors so happen to suck for the rest of the season which should be their goal of keeping their own 2024 first round pick especially since they surrendered one of them this is going to help in them not necessarily competing now and tanking so I really like that trade as well and I thought it made a lot of sense so now we're going to get into some quotes here that uh, Josh Lewenberg put out on X and this is what Bobby Webster said when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply about the trade deadline and I quote we did our heavy lifting about a month ago so I feel like this trade deadline we cleaned up a lot of things and we addressed some of the things we talked about after the OG and Pascal Siakam trades uh, Webster reiterated their intention was never to use all three of four picks in 2024 used one of them to get a good young player with one and a half NBA seasons already under his belt in Abaji and then Webster on Abaji said that he's hardworking, high character two-way player we're getting a young player with a lot of upside then Webster called Olenek a steady hand, says he'll provide an important skill set and veteran presence to the second unit, that he's Canadian and wants to be here certainly doesn't hurt, but they like the basketball fit and sounds like they're interested beyond the season. So that's interesting. I, I just talked about if he is going to be a part of this team past this season, and it seems like he could be back, uh, Olenek, past this season, as he is, again, a unrestricted free agent for the summer. Webster was then asked if their preference is to keep the top six 2024 protected pick they owe to the Spurs. And Webster said, we're going to prioritize seeing this group play. If it ends up that we're in the top six, sure. But especially with the way the new NBA rules are to try to game, that doesn't make sense. And then Webster on Brown said, had we gotten the offers we wanted for Brown, we would have done something. At the same time, Bruce is 27. He has a really interesting contract. He provides professionalism and toughness that we value. And there's options with Bruce this summer. So again, just going back to the options and flexibility the Raptors will have with Bruce Brown past this trade deadline. And then Webster talked about the pending UFA Gary Trent Jr. He said, I think it's a little TBD on Gary, but we're watching him grow with this group. He pointed out that Gary Trent Jr. got off to a disappointing start, but has played well lately. It's a great stretch for us and a great stretch for us to elevate him. And then Webster said that the decision to waive Dinwiddie was made in the interest of playing their young guys. 
which I said down the stretch of the season, and getting Barnes more reps at point guard. He also said they intend to fill their two vacant roster spots. So that is basically the rationale and the explanation on why the Raptors did what they did. So overall, guys, I'll say this. While I did expect the Raptors to do more, I thought maybe, you know, we were going to see a Bruce Brown trade. I thought Gary Trent Jr. was going to be on his way out. I thought, you know, Chris Boucher, who's completely fallen out of the rotation, was going to find a new landing spot. I'm content with what the Raptors did because you look at what the Raptors did. Again, they cleaned up the edges. They did their heavy lifting a month ago. You knew we weren't going to get a, a huge splash. It was going to be all about tweaking this thing. And I think based on what they did, they did a solid job of tweaking and they do leave themselves flexible moving forward with what they can do with certain players on their team, with the money and cap situation. The Raptors trade deadline, I mean, I thought, you know, they did a good job. And this is a team that is clearly building for the future. They give themselves flexibility in more ways than one, which is all you can ask for in a rebuilding situation. And you look at the Raptors, and this is what Josh Lewenberg put out. I thought it was pretty interesting. He kind of just put it all in one. Raptors, after four trades in six weeks, out OG, Achua, Flynn, who got traded again, by the way, Siakam, Otto Porter Jr., Dennis Schroeder, Thad Young, in RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Bruce Brown, Wara, who I still hope does get opportunities here with the Raptors rotation down the stretch, Abaji, 2024 first-round pick via Indiana, 2026 first-round pick via Indiana, and a 2024 second-round pick via Detroit. So the Raptors definitely could have moved on from some other guys on this team, but for now, they will carry on with this roster and with what they've done. So I know there's mixed reactions. You know, people don't like the deadline. People like it. I'm content with it, you know, going through it. I, I think it does make a lot more sense when you break it down. But Raptors Nation, what was your reaction to the Raptors trade deadline? Did you like the moves? Did you want to see the Raptors do more? Let me know your thoughts down below. Drop a like on the video, guys. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. We will see how the Raptors proceed from here on out. They will be taking on Houston on Friday. But yeah, we will see now some of the newer Raptors additions in action. Hopefully, if not in the next game, the game after that in Olenek and Abaji. So let me know your thoughts, guys. Hit a like on the video and subscribe for more. That is it for me. This is Luca signing off. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time, stay safe.